This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome back to another episode of At the Bar. It's so good to be back after a little temporary break where I had to pop you aside for a little while and focus on supporting my studio team and my dance step partners as they all launched another very busy year. In this episode, I'll be discussing the role many of us play as a leadership coach. Although time consuming, I admit, the time we spend coaching and developing our team will not only impact them as individuals positively, but also contribute to business success. And if you enjoy this episode and want to learn more, I'd love to invite you to my March group coaching workshop, which is going to be all about how to get your team to maintain the standards you want and how you can coach them to improve performance. We'll be meeting together on March the 22nd at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time and you can book in by following the link in my Instagram bio which you'll find at Dance Studio Success. Today, I'm talking to you about your role as a coach um, and specifically a leadership coach. You know, it's just another one of the hats that you get to wear (laughs) because I thought you might be bored as a dance studio owner. I thought you might be bored of, you know, doing the teaching, organizing the performance, hiring and firing teachers, doing your Um, learning how to be a a little mini graphic designer on Canva, understanding Facebook ads. Shall I go on? (laughs) Um, Look, that's why it's a great job. I know some of us kind of whinge about it, all the the different hats that we uh, get to wear. We don't have to wear them, remember? We can we can give some of them away, but all of the different hats we we can wear. Um, But yeah, for me, that's that's why I like it. We're not bored, that's for sure. But today we're wearing the leadership hat and it's my favourite hat most of the time, but sometimes it can be quite icky, can't it? Um, perhaps if people aren't doing what we want them to do. But that's where um, coaching is really remarkable. So I want to talk to you about your role as a leadership coach. Now, this is going to apply to you. Keep listening if you have a team of teachers or an admin person 
that report to you. And for most studios, you know, um, there are one or two additional staff. For me, a big part of the success of my studio has been the time that I've spent coaching and mentoring um, my, my team. And often when I'm talking about this, because this really has kind of become my niche and where I've really doubled down on, I've done extra courses, I've got a diploma of leadership and management, but, you know, all of that's great, but nothing prepares you like the real world than the real world, right? Um, But I really feel like that time has been so well spent and people say to me well but what if you do all of that what if you spend all of this time and this money developing your team and they leave and my concern and this is a great quote and I can't remember who it's by so let's pretend it was by me it wasn't but what if they stay so again, what if you spend all of this time developing these people in, you know, spending time, money, coaching, mentoring, and they leave? Well, what if you don't and they stay? Because our studios are really only as good as the people within them. And so it is a big part of what we do. It's not a, it's not a waste of time. Yes, they might go, but what if they stay? So, what I want to talk to you about is the two things, and I I bring this up all the time, that your employees need from you. One is they they need to know what, what you want them to do. They need to know what to do. And we talked about that. Uh, a couple of months ago now, I had a group training session on how to create a position description, which is really designed to answer that question. What does this role do? What do you need from me? And then the follow-up section there, part two, is, well, how am I doing? And how can I improve? And it's funny, this how can I improve business. I always laugh about that because our team um, actually do want to know how they can be better. It's just that the feedback that they give you in those circumstances might indicate otherwise. So they might, um, when I come in to perhaps sit and just watch a little bit, you know, maybe 15 minutes of one of my teacher's class, sometimes they, they do look a little threatened. And I always say to them, I come in peace, you know, and most of the time I'm watching the kids more than them, if I'm being really honest. But obviously, I am I am watching how they interact with the students. I'm listening to their song choices. I'm listening out for their corrections. Um, I'm watching that they are following our safe dance practices. I'm checking that the choreography is age appropriate. I'm doing all of those things, and they and I both know it. So, of course, it's easy for them to feel a little bit judged. But in my studio, we have what I call a a culture of coaching. We make it very clear. It even um, has its own paragraph in our, our vision story. We make it very clear that these are conversations that are not negative. These are really proactive conversations. And that's the best part about being a leadership coach, you know, or, or a dance teacher coach, is that you can frame these conversations in the positive. So, rather 
than being reactive and and framing it in the negative. All right. So that means rather than waiting for a complaint or to go in and find something's bad and then having to address it, if you're if you know what's going on in your studio through all sorts of different measures, which we'll talk about shortly, then you can almost catch people before they might fall into a little trap. Um, particularly if you have younger, less experienced teachers, then I really feel like this is your responsibility. Um, you can tell me as much as you like that you didn't have someone. I can, I, I've got that same chapter in my book. You know, I was thrown into the studio and just kind of left to sink or swim. Well, guess what? Sometimes I sank and it sucked. <laughs> and I don't want that. I don't want that for my teachers. I don't want them to feel incompetent and unhappy. And I don't want their self-esteem to take a hit. So I want them to be the best that they can be. And I've got experiences to share with them. And so if you create this culture of coaching, then when you have those conversations, they are a little bit less threatening, a little bit less threatening, not completely, you know, happy days, but just just a little bit less. So let's talk about what you need to create this kind of culture. The first is you need to set out um, clearly, and I've, I've touched on this already, that what, what you need from them. And you can do that in, I use a position description. Um, so you can use that, or you could just kind of create a little bit of a document um, that sets out the objectives. Like what are the skills what are the processes? What kind of attitude? What are the knowledge that you need this person to have? What does this position look and sound like? And really, um, if you're going to be doing that, you might as well write up the position description, to be honest, and be done with it. <laughs> um, and what does success look like? You know, so yes, I want a dance teacher, but what does a dance teacher look like in my studio? What are the behaviors? What are the actions that they show? So that's step one. And then we need to, now we've outlined that and they've agreed to that and they show me that they understand that, then we need to talk about giving them feedback. And this is not just a once and done. So if you read leadership books or business books, then you will have probably uh, come across the idea of a performance review. And I was certainly trained in this um, I guess, task, when I was a, a supervisor in a corporate setting, we had annual performance reviews. And to be honest, they always pissed me off a little bit, even at the very, you know, knowledgeable age of, I think I was like 22 or something. So, I knew everything, right? <laughs> um, but even then, they annoyed me because sometimes what it felt like was that your supervisor or your manager was collecting all of this data, and they they were evidence collecting um, of things that you did well and maybe things that could be improved, and then presenting it to you once a year. And um, it pissed me off because I thought, why would you wait? The whole year, <laughs> I'd never understood that. Um, and so I'm a little bit anti 
the once and done, you know, once a year, great job, or once a year, hey, this is how you could improve. I really feel like it needs to be an ongoing conversation. My goal with my team is that I will have a more formal conversation like that um, with them at least once a term. And sometimes when I say conversation, a formal conversation, it may just be that I've I've sat in and done a formal observation of their class and I've written up the feedback and I've sent it to them and said, have a read of this. Here are my suggestions. I reckon doing this might help you. This child could benefit from. Here are some resources for you. Um, let me know if you need a hand. I'll come back in a couple of weeks and see how you're going. So that might be in the, um, you know, inverted commas conversation. Other times, depending on what I saw when I was observing, um, I would actually say, hey, let's let's grab a coffee and unpack this a little bit more and be more, con you know, give, give that opportunity for them to chat and ask questions as well. But, but sometimes they just, you can see they just need some resources or some ideas. So, um, both of those are are fine. And then um, informally, I try and just pop in around classes as, as much as I can. And, you know, you can learn a lot in five minutes. If I see teachers doing the right thing, then I'll 100% acknowledge them right there and then. Um, I think there is so much value in feedback that is in real time. I'm not seeing something going and making a post-it note, putting it somewhere and then giving it back to them in a year. I just don't see the value in that um, at all. And so um, very much the in the moment, um, it would be it would be really about, you know, what what's going well here. Or sometimes if, you know, you can see them struggling with the behaviors of a child, you might send them a text and say, give me a buzz in the next day. Um, let's talk about Lucy. It's always Lucy, isn't it? Let's talk about Lucy. And I've got some strategies, I think, that might support you. Now, um, when I am doing a formal um, observation and formal coaching, I use a checklist. And that's because I am a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what I always do in business is I think about, is this something I'm going to have to do again, right? And then if the answer is yes, then I systemize it. And we'll be doing a masterclass on systems in a couple of months as well. So if you want some um, help with that, it's systems are my love language. <laughs> so I have created a system on uh, capturing the data I need when I'm doing a formal observation. And it's in the form of a checklist because I love me a checklist. It is one of the most simple systems that you will find. So um, I have my position description and then I have from that a checklist. So I can really keep my teachers consistent the expectations of them are the same. They've all got the same position description. And then it's a matter of saying, well, are they doing this? Are they doing A, B, C, and D? Are they doing it really well? Like going, like blowing it out of the park beyond my wildest dreams, beyond my expectations. 
Are they just meeting the expectations? And there is nothing wrong with that. When we say meeting expectations, it's kind of like, mm-hmm just meeting. No, no, that's fine. That's what you've asked them to do. So if they're doing it, hurrah, gold star, um, or are they falling short? And 99.9% of the time, people, when they are falling short, they are not trying to annoy you. I promise it will feel like it. I've been there. I've got the trophy. Um, When my my staff team are annoying me, you know what generally is the problem? me. (laughs) It probably means go and check your calendar, Jane. You might have a bit of PMT or maybe a few late nights or maybe I'm stressed about other things and therefore my patience isn't as good as it normally would be. You know, very rarely are your team going against you. I would say never really just to annoy you. So just remember that. Um, But when they do fall short, I think, okay, well, what can we do to help raise you up? Because that's my job. I'm not here to reprimand. I'm here to coach. And I think of leadership as being like motherhood and as being like being, you know, being an in-studio teacher. Look, I'm here to guide you. I'll tell you when things are unsafe. I don't. I want to try and protect you a little bit from experiencing some of the hurt or mistakes that I have, but ultimately you're going to make mistakes as a student and as a child and as an employee. And I will be here a little bit differently as a coach to a mother because obviously our love for our employees is not unconditional. And if it is, that might be a little bit of a boundary check for you Uh, It shouldn't be unconditional love. It's a business. Um, But in saying that, when they fall short, I go, how can I help you? That's my job. Now, this could move into, well, what if they're always falling short? And um, in my new group, the club, which is a, a gorgeous group, boutique group of dance studio owners and we're having some discussions about this kind of thing and, well, when do you make the call? You know, like how many chances do you give? And, look, really that's up to every individual. I don't have an answer for that, but there have been times uh, in my past and probably again in my future where I have done all of these things. I've let them know what's expected I've coached, I've given resources, I've mentored, I've held hands, I've modelled, I've done all of the things and the person is still not meeting my expectation. And at some point, you do have to release them to find, um, as Disney says, happiness elsewhere. And that's not a failure. Sometimes people are just not the right fit. And Uh, I'm digressing a little bit here from my original subject that I wanted to talk about, but it's an important point to know that sometimes your business will evolve in a way that doesn't meet all of your team. So you might um, have a period of really um, big growth or you might have a, a slight change in what you value as an organization and a team member that used to be 100% aligned 
may not come on that journey with you. And that's not a failure. That's okay. It happens in friendships too, right? That's why some friends are there for a reason, others a season, and very few a lifetime. Because what we need from our friends and who we are is people grows and changes over time and our business is the same. And so you will possibly get some team members that are there for you for the lifetime, but others will be there for a reason and others will be there for a season. And so um, if you are increasing maybe your expectations of your team and some just don't want to rise up to the challenge, it's okay to get to the point to to let them find happiness elsewhere. What I love mostly about being a leadership coach to my team is really the fact that it focuses on the proactive. Um, it is much easier because I'm because I'm hashtag human just like you, it's much easier to have a conversation where I can say, hey, I saw that you were struggling a little bit with um, Lucy, again, Lucy's behavior in class, you know, she kept on moving out of her spot. She'd go and get a drink whenever she wanted to. She stuck her sticker on your bum and, you know, um, pushed over that other child. And um, I don't I don't know whether that's a great experience for you as the teacher or the other students. So let's unpack that. What can we do to help support you and support Lucy? Let's go through this together. Even though there is a, a problem or a challenge, that conversation should be quite um, positive, right? Because you're there to help. And during those conversations, that's, that's the language I use all the time. I will say to my team, I am on your team. I am on your team. I am here to support you. I'm not here to judge you. Um, and sometimes it's really good to share a bit of a teacher fail with them as well, especially the less experienced teachers, if you are mentoring um, some less experienced teachers, because they only see you, you know, I've been teaching for 26 years. They see me making it look like a walk in the park. Um, and you know what? 90% of the time it is a walk in the park for me, but by golly, it wasn't. So it's nice to show them a little bit of empathy there as well. I prefer those conversations than the reactive ones. And I think we've all had to probably have one of these when you get the email, you know, from the parent and then you go in and you're like, whoa, yes, they're right. You know, whatever they've said has been happening, has been happening or, you know, whatever it is, um, then they can be awkward with a capital A. They're not. They're definitely not so fun. Um, anyway, I'm going to be unpacking how to create a culture of coaching in your studio in the March group coaching call. So if you are listening to this, um, you know, pretty close to its release, it'll be next week. And I'd love you to book a seat there. Um, and we'll talk about more about the systems. <laughs> systems about the systems you can put in place to make this really easy it doesn't have to be a drag um, create some checklists so that everybody's held accountable um, there's no no room to be kind of saying oh I didn't know none of that none of that and um, yeah just remember that this is part of your work 
like your staff, your team, they are not an interruption to your work. You are now their leader. They need you. They need you to lead. Um, So even though it is time consuming and even though it can be a little bit mundane and boring, particularly, um, you know, if you have been in your role for a while, to begin with, it's quite exciting. But um, you will start to see when you, you know, especially if you are, like me, committed to succession planning new teachers, um, it can feel like, oh, here we go again. Um, but that is that is your work. And the best part about it is if you've got some really experienced te- um, teachers on your team, then share the load. Um, there is nothing wrong with getting teachers to go in and watch each other. You know, that is always always valuable. We can always learn. I always learn um, from my team when I'm in observing them. Um, I'll always be learning as well. And if you do have some really experienced teachers that have lots of lots of knowledge and skills and um, experiences to share, then tap into that and maybe get them. They might even be potentially a little bit less threatening. Um, so, get them to pop in and watch some classes or run some training sessions as well. So it's not a load, it's not a burden you have to carry on your own, but it is one that, like I said, if you've got a team that you do need to address. And with all of that, just as I I come to the end, with all of that, I have been referencing the teachers in the studio, but the same can be said for your administrative staff as well. Um, if you are a director and you've got a principal or an assistant principal, whatever whatever team you have, then this is relevant to them. They need to know what to do, how well to do it, how they're doing and how to improve. Um, so make sure that you're having ongoing conversations about performance um, with them as well. All right. As always, been wonderful to uh, spend some time with you. And uh, if this has piqued your interest, like I said, then follow all of the links. I'll chat about it at uh, the end of the podcast about how you can join that next group coaching call, which is called Hello Accountability. (laughs) And it's not so much about pointing fingers, but just keeping the standards that you want, regardless of who is teaching in your studio. And that's really important because that's the way you can reduce your teaching load if that's one of your goals and have a life as well in case that's one of your goals too. All right, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye for now. As always, Thank you for joining me at the bar once more. It sure does feel good to be chatting again. Uh, If you'd like to learn more of the techniques to assist you keeping your team accountable and performing at their best, please join me for my March group coaching workshop where we'll unpack this and more. We'll be meeting together on March the 22nd at 12 p.m. AEST. And if you can't join us live, I always send the recordings within 24 hours. To book, head on over to Instagram. Look me up at Dance Studio Success. Head to my bio and away we go. I'd love to see you there.
Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 